What is going on guys? Farzine Vasugin here for another episode of Farzcast. Appreciate you guys making time to download and listen to another episode of this podcast. Hope you're all doing well. We're getting closer to the summer. Hey, congrats to all the grads out there. I know what that's like. 12 years since high school and 8 years graduated college. 8 years ago graduated from college. So yeah, I know uh, a lot of you guys probably feeling... Excited about that for those of you who have graduated just recently or are about to soon or maybe uh, in the near future, in the next year or two. Uh, but nonetheless, everyone's uh, getting ready for the summer, of course. So I hope you guys are excited for that. Hey, there's been a lot of good uh, postseason action, more so from the NHL side. Uh, get into that later on. A lot of topics, in fact, I want to get into on this episode. Kane Velasquez, former UFC fighter, he is in some hot water right now, and it's not looking good for him, his situation. The uh, judge not giving him a bail, uh, still uh, behind bars, uh, and I think a lot of people are unaware of the full context of this story. Uh, MMA media is not doing a good job of covering this story, so I want to talk about that. There is a really huge story. The biggest story, in my opinion, this week is coming from sports entertainment. Two WWE superstars walked out. Two champions uh, walked out of the WWE during a WWE broadcast. This is getting a lot of coverage, and I think this really deserves some uh, some attention here on the podcast. This can actually be compared to some uh, big moments, not just in professional wrestling, but also outside of professional wrestling. And I really want to get into this. I think this is a very fascinating subject that a lot of people, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you'll probably find very interesting given the backstory of the WWE and what's going on with these two wrestlers who decided to back out. So we'll talk about that. Drew Brees... Indicated a potential return to football. Deshaun Watson meeting with the NFL right now and a few other things. Also, a two-year-old ordered 31 cheeseburgers from McDonald's using his mom's iPhone. Yes, that is not a joke. A two-year-old really did use their mom's iPhone and ordered 31 burgers from McDonald's. We'll get into that at the end of the podcast. Lots of topics to get into here on this episode of Farcecast. Real quickly, before we get started, support for this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's more than 8 million balls. Let's talk about the Lawnmower 4.0. You'll love it. Or if you're getting this for your dad, your husband, your brother, whoever, they will love it as well. And they will thank you for getting them the Lawnmower 4.0. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight you need for a more precise shave. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping 
at manscaped.com. Use the code FARZINE20 and unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We had four Game 7s on Sunday. Two in the NBA, two in the NHL. Uh, The city of Dallas actually had the chance to win two Game 7s. Didn't happen that way. As a matter of fact, the uh, two NBA games, complete blowouts, absolutely boring. However, the two NHL games we got on Sunday, whew, boy, uh, both of them went into overtime. Both were entertaining as hell. Listen, uh, by the way, it was uh, the Calgary Flames. They won over the Dallas Stars. And the New York Rangers beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. uh, Again, Game 7, also in overtime, obviously. Uh, As I mentioned, both games went into Game 7 and in overtime. Uh, Listen, I've seen a lot of people who I follow on Twitter, who I interact with, uh, mention that they've never really been into hockey before, and now they're into the sport, and they've noticed that postseason hockey really might be some of the most exciting postseason action in sports. I'm telling you, man. Uh, me personally, the only hockey I watched prior to 2017 was the United States national team. So for the Olympics, uh, I mean, that's really it. Uh, winter Olympics, I should say. But then when Las Vegas got a team, I tried to get behind it. Uh, I said, Hey, Vegas is my favorite city. For those of you who know me, you guys know, I, I, I love Vegas. I go there a few times a year. And I said, why not? I'll get behind this team. My family and I all got behind them because we all love Vegas and obviously, you know, it helps during their inaugural season. They went to the Stanley Cup Finals and had a remarkable year. And they've honestly been one of the most exciting teams in hockey the past five years. Obviously, missed the playoffs this past year. They just fired their coach. Thank goodness. Uh, a move that really need, needed to happen. But Vegas, man, the way they have played their hockey, they really pulled in the fans. And... It's been a lot of fun to watch. I think it's a very exciting sport. And if people give it an opportunity, hey, it's never too late this postseason. Go check out the conference finals. Uh, and then check out the Stanley Cup finals. You guys are going to love it. If you've never watched hockey before or never really cared for it, give this postseason a chance. Because this postseason for the NHL has been way better than the NBA play. And the NBA playoffs, they, they've got better ratings this year than last year. So... Uh, Props to the NBA for that. I know uh, ratings have been an issue there, but their uh, playoff numbers are up. But uh, hey, man, uh, give uh, give postseason hockey a try. Trust me, uh, you're definitely going to love it. All right, uh, a lot of topics to get into. I want to real quickly touch on this subject. A lot of you guys listening are obviously Kansas City Chiefs fans. I just have something I really got to get out there because Chiefs fans are, I mean, they've been acting weird lately. Uh, with the whole Tyreek Hill thing, and also um, a fan uh, sent a really interesting tweet to Marquez Valdez-Scantling that got him to respond. And let's just say that fan uh, got a lot of uh, bad tweets from uh, other Chiefs fans. But Chiefs fans the past, what, six, seven years, five to six years, I I believe, is more accurate they, they've just been on their high horse because of the whole Mahomes thing. And listen, don't get me wrong. This is the best era of Chiefs football. The I mean, the four, best four years, and I'm obviously excluding Mahomes' rookie year, 
But this four-year stretch is by far the best in Chiefs history. What other four-year stretch can you compare this to since the merger? You really can't. Uh, Pre-merger, obviously from 67 to 70? Sure, I mean, uh, technically it would be the 1966 season to the 1969 season, but you get the idea. Um, Obviously, they went to two Super Bowls during that four-year stretch, but that was pre-NFL merger. Not to take anything away from the Chiefs team. I'm I'm looking at a lead Noss and signed jersey right now in my man cave. Um, That was a remarkable team. Uh, Pre-Patrick Mahomes, that was the best football team the Chiefs had. I mean, and look, don't get me wrong, the Chiefs had some great moments in the 90s, of course. Uh, with Marty Ball, of course, and Dick Vermeil brought some great offensive play in Kansas City, the best offense in Chiefs history pre-Patrick Mahomes. But there hasn't been a lot of uh, great moments. And obviously this four-year stretch, all Chiefs fans are just going crazy about it. Uh, really, when it comes to pro sports in Kansas City prior to 2014, this city hasn't had a whole lot to really be excited about. So when the Royals had their back-to-back World Series appearances, obviously Royals fans, everyone in this town just went nuts. And the way Chiefs fans have just been the past four years, I mean, it's just been remarkable. We finally have had that Super Bowl that so many people thought would never be possible. Um, you know, when the D4 offsides happened, a lot of people thought, man, did we blow our chance at a, at a, at a, at a Super Bowl? But fortunately, not the case. Obviously, the Chiefs still contending, uh, reaching the Final Four each of the last four years. But I feel like fans now kind of get on their high horse a bit. They feel like the Chiefs are the only good team that deserves to be talked about. So anytime there's like a top five list, top five teams, top five quarterbacks, top five tight ends, top five whatever. It just feels like the Chiefs always have to be number one. In fact, I, I know, uh, I remember Brandon Flowers. He predicted the Chiefs to go 12-4 and four one year or 13-3. and three. And Chiefs fans were pissed off about this on Twitter. I'm like, if someone's saying that my team's going to go 13-3, and three, I'm ecstatic about this. I, Man, I'm... Uh, you don't get those kinds of predictions in Kansas City. I mean, now you do, but before that even, it's like... Man, what is what is go, what is it with Chiefs fans? Because even when a quarterback like Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, Mac Jones, Kyler Murray, when when a quarterback goes out there and makes a nifty play, Chiefs fans get all worked up. They're like, "Oh, my quarterback can be better than that." Just calm down. Trust me, like, and by the way, I don't like people who listen to the TV pundits. Me personally, I always prefer the radio pundits way more than the TV pundits. Go back and listen to my podcast with Freddie Coleman of ESPN Radio. Really nice guy. Freddie and I have have gone back and forth uh, for years. Um, Ever since I've been on Twitter, I've been interacting with the guy since, what, 2009, I believe. Uh, Really, really nice guy. And we had this conversation about how the medium and radio is way better than the medium on TV because on TV, you know, you just don't have the time to go through every team fairly. Whereas, you know, if you listen to ESPN Radio, Fox Sports Radio, Mad Dog Sports, NFL, uh, the NFL channel on Sirius XM, they, they do a really good job of spreading it out and talking about all 32 teams as much, obviously, some teams more than others just kind of depends on the news cycle. But 
Um, you know, so many Chiefs fans always want to talk about what Skip Bayless said or what Shannon Sharp said or what um, Stephen A. said. It's like, why do you care so much when, when I listen to ESPN radio and they talk about the best quarterback in the NFL last offseason, they quickly said Patrick Mahomes. Who, who, by the way, was not the reigning MVP. It was Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know uh, what that list would look like today, considering Rodgers has won uh, MVP back-to-back years. But I would imagine Mahomes is number two or number three. Uh, Look, I I feel like Chiefs fans are on this high horse right now where if there's something positive said about another quarterback or another team, uh, Chiefs fans get all worked up about it. And you wonder why other fan bases mock Chiefs fans. Well, recently, Chiefs fans have been, uh, let's just say, sparring with former players, former Chiefs players, and also current Chiefs players. Um, And I feel like we can be better than this. Let me just give you, let me just put this in the context here. So I'm sure you all saw Tua Tungavola, however the hell you say his last name. He threw an an underthrown pass to Tyreek Hill, obviously now with the Miami Dolphins. And Chiefs fans complete. everyone talked about it, but Chiefs fans obviously the most screaming about the fact, well, that's what happens when you go to another team that doesn't have Patrick Mahomes. Folks, when Tyreek Hill was in Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith both have thrown plenty of under underthrown passes to Tyreek Hill, where Tyreek Hill had to slam on the brakes so he can locate the foot of the football, make the catch, and then move on. And by the way, Chiefs fans recently are talking about, oh, his hands, and he had a lot of drop drop passes. So fucking what? So did Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were the top two in the NFL in drops last year. Where's your criticism for Travis Kelsey? I've always said, bring the same energy, no matter who or what the situation is. I get Kelsey still on the team, but still, don't bash Tyreek Hill for the Super Bowl he helped bring us in the six Pro Bowl years he gave us. Every year he was a Pro Bowler. And now people want to shit on him because he's on another team with a not-so-great quarterback? Come on. So Tyreek Hill had kind of an interesting response to a a Chiefs fan on Twitter uh, who basically just shit on him for no reason. I remember when Tyreek Hill got traded, people were saying, oh, you're not going to do well. Usain Bolt will burn you in a race. Like, man, just the way people handle this kind of shit sometimes. Like, it's their personal life. Like, it's life or death. Well, uh, he's not the only one who's getting flack from Chiefs fans. There was a Chiefs fan who had something to say to a current Chief, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, obviously coming from the Green Bay Packers. As I'm sure you guys have heard this week, Packers cornerback Jair Alexander and the Packers, uh, they agreed to a big mega extension. Uh, And MVS, obviously a former teammate of Alexander's, gave him some praise on Twitter. And there was a Chiefs fan out there who, let's just say, decided to be a shithead about it. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the tweet right now. Here's a tweet to uh, MVS. He says, you are no longer a Packer uh, because MVS uh, tweeted uh, praising Alexander's uh, contract extension. The Chiefs fan said, you are no longer a Packer. Please cut all ties slash friendships slash relationships with anyone related to that organization. Hashtag Chiefs Kingdom. More like Chiefs Kingdom 
Uh, MVS responded and said, you are weird, which because of his, it has more than 19,000 likes. Obviously, a lot of Chiefs fans are replying to uh, this Chiefs fan, basically torching him. Uh, there are a lot of Chiefs fans uh, who are tweeting MVS saying, hey, listen, man, he doesn't represent all of Chiefs kingdom. We got to stop saying that because we've had a lot of Chiefs fans And let's just say Chiefs fans have had a lot to say to our own players. Um, Just to give you guys a few examples, even before Brittany Matthews started getting fame and hate from other fan bases, there have been a lot of Chiefs fans attacking her first, uh, even before she got hate outside of Kansas City. By the way, Mahomes and Tyron Matthew... They got a lot of bad tweets, a lot of hate, because they were a part of the NFL Black Lives Matter video. By the way, for people complaining about the anthem protests and said, do this on your own, well, that's exactly what NFL players did, including Matthew and Mahomes, and they still got beat up for it on Twitter. Um, Marcus Peters, when he was exercising his free speech, he got attacked for it. Uh, Chiefs fans, obviously on Instagram, went after Anthony Hitchens and Tyron Matthew. And that was, of course, that's that's the uh, incident that sparked the uh, comment from Tyron Matthew where he called Chiefs fans the most toxic fan base. Albeit, my criticism for Matthew still stands because I feel like the guy searches his name on social media just to see what people are saying about him. But I'll tell you what, I, I, I've been critical of uh, Matthew making that comment I'll tell you what, man, uh, he, now, considering we the, the, the tweet that MVS got about having to break ties from your former teammates, let's stop with the whole this person doesn't represent us because there are, I think we have enough of a sample size to say that there are a lot of Chiefs fans who don't know how to handle things maturely and really do a good job of making Chiefs players feel like they made the wrong choice coming to Kansas City. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, these these players are human. Sure, they'll brush it off, but a part of them probably thinks, man, I don't know if I like this fan base. I hate to say Chiefs fans, but you're making that... And, and, and listen, it's unfortunate because it's, it's a few people, still a few too many, that lump together this entire fan base and makes them all look bad. But the truth of the matter is we have a lot of examples. I just gave you the list. Brittany Matthews got a lot of hate even before she got hate from uh, people outside of KC. Marcus Peters, uh, Matthew Mahomes, Hitchens. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, people were just completely shitting on him on personally for that fumble he had after the Ravens game. P- the things people said to, about D Ford. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, let's just be better. Listen, we can have our opinions, right? I have my opinions. And listen, in the social media era, I, when when teams are struggling, obviously it's... The nice part about Twitter is you get the uh, comedy relief from the pain and agony of sports, I guess, if you, if you would sometimes... Uh, I think that part of social media is great, but when you go, when you tag these players and you say stupid things like this, 
Yeah, it really does change things. And players, I mean, they're human too. We obviously have this discussion multiple times with multiple different guests here on the podcast in the past. I think people just forget, yeah, these, these guys are human too. We can't just go out there and talk to them like, like they're irrelevant and they're some sort of slaves where all they do is just entertain us on the field and that's it. No, I mean, they're, they've got families too. They've got hoppies just like us. They, they vote just like we vote. They have rights just like we have rights. Um, but come on, man, like uh, t- telling this player to cut off ties from previous teams, like what the fuck? I mean, how stupid do you have to be to really go out there and tweet that? Well, here's my question. Like, what makes you think this is okay to write? And then a follow-up to that. What makes you think it's okay to hit that button that says tweet once you write it? How dumb do you have to be to think that's a smart thing to, to say? I think it's actually really offensive to all the smart people out there. All the people who use rational thinking, intelligent thinking, that you thought it was a smart thing to tweet. I don't know. I just had to get that out there because I feel like Chiefs fans the past few years, they get all worked up when a prediction is not in their favor. And then you see things like this. And then you wonder why, you know, NFL network analysts or ESPN TV analysts, they intentionally do this because they know Chiefs fans are going to be the number one fans who bring it up and it gets them clicks, views, whatever. Uh, that's all. That's, that's all up to you guys. Uh, but I'm just one person. I mean, what are we doing here? Come on. All right. We got to touch on this subject. This is a very, very sensitive subject, um, regarding Kane Velasquez earlier this year. I believe it's his five-year-old niece. Uh, Kane Velasquez relative was allegedly molested by a man named Harry Golarte Jr. Now, the timeline of the events are unclear. It's unclear if this happened right away when the incident happened, or if Cain Velasquez heard about this and decided to plot this whole thing out and, and, and hunt him down. Velasquez, who is a former UFC superstar, he took it upon himself to go after this alleged molester And the way he wanted to go about it, well, he went on a high-speed chase in a public road. Velasquez knocked the car off the road, then shot at the car trying to shoot. He was aiming for Galarte. I hope I'm saying that correctly, Galarte. uh, uh, But miss, ended up hitting the driver in the car, Paul Bender, who I believe is his stepfather. Uh, And listen, people are coming up with their own scenarios as to why this happened. I don't think this was some situation where Galarte got in the car with Bender and said, hey, 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 I just did a bad thing. Hurry up and drive off here. Um, I don't think this happened right away because Bender, who, again, is reportedly Galarte's stepfather, uh, they were in the car together, and he was he appeared in court, and he said, quote, we were simply following a court order to get a GPS monitoring device for Harry Golarte. So that indicates that th- this was not right away. Obviously, what happened happened. Um, the judge has ordered them to get a GPS monitoring device, and that's where they were going to go. Um, now, it is unfortunate that Golarte 
And I don't know all the facts to this story. I think that's obviously very important here. Uh, but it sounds like he's, I mean, he's out behind bars. He was let go without bond. Um, and I think that's what's upsetting a lot of people. And I can understand that if it is true that he committed the crimes. He's a, hey, listen, I don't think Cain Velasquez would go out of his way to do this if this didn't happen. Um, not saying that's the clear-cut evidence right there, but obviously, I mean, something happened. Uh, Bender is claiming that the chase was going up to and over 100 miles per hour. And there was a school nearby when the cars came to a stop and the shooting occurred. Okay, so this high-speed chase is happening on public roads. And then the attempt to knock off the other car and... The gunshots fired near a school. Uh, according to uh, court documents, Bender lost movement in three fingers in his right hand and supposedly could not pass his test at work. Um, uh, obviously, that's not a, an angle a lot of people care for when it comes to this story. Obviously, a lot of people reading about the story are mostly M MMA fans. Obviously wanting justice for Cain Velasquez, who was just trying to do what anyone would in, in a normal situation. You find out a family member of yours was uh, treated this way, and you, you obviously there's anger felt. I don't think anyone is denying the, uh, the thought there. But in the United States of America, there is a way to go about things. And listen, in that moment, if you find out, the last thing you're probably going to think is, oh, hey, Cain Velasquez did this, and he's in a lot of trouble now. And by the way, his attorneys are not doing him any favor. I want to get into to that in a moment. But look, as tough as it may be, and listen, I'm not a parent, so take, that with a, take this with a grain of salt. But, you know, when something like this happens, uh, cooler minds prevail. You got to understand that if if you can prove whatever incident occurred, you got to have the evidence and take this to court. Putting matters in your own hands like Cain Velasquez did, not only did he put other people in danger, he got himself into a lot of trouble here. Uh, let me give you an example. When there was a high-speed chase on TV or uh, streaming on online, there are plenty of these online. It happens daily in the United States, uh, especially in L.A., across the state of California, I'm sure often in New York. There's a YouTube channel that just streams high-speed chases and then uploads them after uh, the, live, uh, the live streaming is over. There is a reason why when you watch these high-speed police chases, there are police officers right on the tail of the suspect they're chasing. But they don't do the pit maneuver right away because in doing so, they will jeopardize the lives of other drivers, other citizens out there. So if you watch any of these high-speed police chases, they always do it, the pit maneuver that is, when there's a clear path ahead of them, no car. And obviously you've got uh, several choppers, several news choppers. Uh, you got a police chopper that's uh, below the, the, the media choppers. And they're in communication saying, hey, look, you got a lot of empty space here. This would be the perfect time to do, to do the pit maneuver. I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of line of communication uh, like that. Because obviously an eye in the sky can obviously help those uh, police officers that are on the ground trying to chase the vehicle. 
There's a reason why they don't do the pit maneuver as soon as possible. Um, they wait for a clear path to do that. One thing important, I, I alluded to this a minute ago, Kane Velasquez's um, attorneys are not doing him any favors. They're t- their whole point as to why he should be let go is because in the moment he was angry and, you know, being a former fighter, uh, he has CTE and, and th- therefore, because the judge, and I'm trying to get the right quote here, uh, because the judge's ruling and reasoning for why Velasquez will not be let go is because, quote, reckless disregard for human life. When people just read the headlines and see that quote, they think, oh, Velasquez was going after an alleged molester, someone who molested a family member of his, a young family member. But it's not just that guy they're thinking about. They're thinking about, you know, this this happened on a public road. There was a school nearby. So I can't say, I mean, listen, if, if someone wanted to go after another person because that person killed their family member or whoever, and if this is happening in a neighborhood and a bystander gets shot, you know, if, if they're trying to shoot the alleged killer and they miss and they hit, you know, some, some poor kid just trying to, you know, live life, you know, in his own front yard, playing basketball, whatever. Well, you would want the book thrown at them. Regardless of why they were going after them, they missed and shot an innocent person that did not need to be shot. Yeah, I mean, have whatever negative opinions you want about this alleged molester. Uh, the person in the car with him had no business being shot. He was simply taking him to getting a GPS monitor by order of a court. And Cain Velasquez decided, no, we're going to go about it this way. And this is why a lot of MMA fans are upset. They don't know all the details to the story. And yeah, I agree. It's frustrating that this uh, Galarte is not uh, is not behind bars. But for his attorneys to come out and say, hey, you know, he wasn't in the right state of mind. He has CTE because of all of his years being, being a fighter. Well, I think that just justifies the judge's decision to say, well, he's a danger to human life doing what he's doing. And if he has CTE, which cannot be confirmed until the person's dead, well, why would we want to let, let this guy be out in the public? Um, that's, I mean, there's a pretty tough spot here. No one is defending this guy's actions, Golarte's actions, but you got to understand that there is a way to go about everything as frustrating and as infuriating, infuriating as this can be. Not one single person is coming to this guy's defense. I just don't want to be clear about that. But for Velasquez, there is a way to go about things. And I know our justice system is not the most perfect. It's been that way for a long, long time. There have been errors. There have been faults. But you still got to go about it the right way. And Cain Velasquez didn't. And that is why he is in the position he is in. I get there are free Cain shirts. UFC President Dana White wrote a letter. I know um, other people, uh, UFC fighters, uh, former fighters have spoken up. Daniel Cormier, soon to be Hall of Famer. Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, both teammates of Cain Velasquez at uh, AKA um, Jim. But... <sighs> Man, I, 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 before I did not know all the details, but with the details, 
additional details out now. Man, I get why uh, Kane is not out. I get it. And if more people read the story, not just the headlines, then they'll understand the situation a lot more. Okay, I want to touch on this story from the WWE. Now, before you guys, uh, before we move any further, I know a lot of you guys probably don't care about the WWE, but I think this is a very, or maybe you don't watch wrestling anymore like me. I used to watch it a long time ago, not so much anymore. Not, not, not really at all. WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, I'll tune into that. That's it. But what happened uh, this week? Very, very shocking. Something that's never happened before in WWE history and it's not a fake storyline or anything. This is all absolutely real. Um, Jimmy Smith, who is a commentator for Monday Night Raw, he has a radio show on Sirius XM. He absolutely confirmed this is not a work. Uh, Dave LaGreca and Bully Ray, a.k.a. Bubba Ray Dudley, they have, uh, on the same station as Jimmy Smith, they have the radio show Busted Open, where they talk pro wrestling on the Fight Nation channel. And they confirmed this is not a work. This is all. They speculated if it could be. But as more and more people spoke up about this, they realized this is not a work. So this is real. This is absolutely real what is going on with two wrestlers, Sasha Banks and Naomi. I don't know anything about Naomi. I know Sasha Banks appeared on a couple of episodes on The Mandalorian uh, from the Star Wars franchise. Uh, So she's a big superstar. For sure, in and outside of WWE. So here's the story. Sasha Banks and Naomi, they are the Raw Women's Tag Team Champions. Someone from Sasha's camp spoke out recently about how the tag team titles hardly have any significance, value, or meaning the past few months. So these two are the tag team champions, and I guess from their own point of view... They feel like they're not really being used properly as champions. Banks and Naomi were supposed to be part of a six-women tag team match, which they called a six-pack challenge in the main event for Monday Night Raw this past Monday. However, Banks and Naomi met with John Laurinaitis, who was the head of talent relations for WWE in his office during Monday Night Raw. They supposedly put their briefcases and their belts. I don't really know the... Uh, significance of these briefcases that they're mentioning. Maybe someone else who watches wrestling can tell me. I don't know if if this is a money in the bank thing. I'm familiar with the money in the bank. Uh, It's just to my understanding that they're champions. But they put their belts on his desk and walked out at some point during Monday Night Raw. So they promoted this main event. And at some point, the announcers, Corey Graves and Jimmy Smith, had to informed the fans that this main event would not be happening and they had to change the main event on the fly. Corey Graves went ahead and called, uh, said that they un- unprofessionally walked out. Let me just say this about WWE. They don't give a fuck who walks out. I guarantee you, WWE, Monday Night Raw, I can say this for certain, They're going to have a Monday Night Raw on the coming Monday, the 23rd, I believe. And guess what? A week later, they're going to have another Monday Night Raw on Memorial Day, and another one after that, and another one after that, and millions of more for years to come. Even without Naomi and Sasha Banks. 
Let me give you some examples here. Stone Cold Steve Austin, who obviously is a an icon in the history of the WWE, he once walked out on the WWE because, not during a broadcast, but he just refused to do what they wanted him to do, which was put over Brock Lesnar. Jeff Hardy, I heard recently, walked out during a match. I don't know if this is a WWE match or, an, or from a, for another promotion, AEW or Impact, whatever. Uh, Chris Benoit, as you guys know what happened with him, he was supposed to fight for a paper, uh, for a title match in a pay-per-view, and he backed out a couple days before. Unfortunately, we know what happened afterwards, but WWE found a new opponent. And by the way, that new opponent who was not even supposed to be in the match 48 hours prior, they end up giving him the title for this pay-per-view. Um, other instances, l- listen, The Rock left WWE multiple times to go film a movie. Eventually, he left for good, took a seven-year break. Now he comes back once in a while for special appearances. Bret Hart, this guy, one of the... Craziest moments in wrestling history. He refused to lose the belt, and he was under he was set, his contract was set to expire, and he was ready to go to another wrestling promotion as a WWF champion. At the time, it was WWF, and WWE came up with a screw job. Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Vince McMahon, the referee Earl Hebner, they all came out with this elaborate plan. To basically screw over and just ring the bell out of nowhere at, at some point during the match. And take the belt away from Bret Hart. Here is my point. WWE will move on. Whether it's The Rock leaving when he went to film a movie. Or eventually left for good for a while. The WWE still moved on without him. The WWE still moved on without Stone Cold. The WWE still moved on without Chris Benoit when he backed out out of a big title match 48 hours or 72 hours before. CM Punk, who was a huge superstar in the WWE, he had a massive falling out. And even though he was a huge... He was beating guys like John Cena when it came to merchandise uh, sales. Well, they had a nasty divorce and... The WWE still moved on without CM Punk. The WWE does not give a shit. Listen, I'm sure there have been many instances behind closed doors where The Rock disagreed with uh, the WWE. Triple H, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kane, Undertaker. I'm I'm talking about the biggest names in the history of the WWE. John Cena. But, you know, sometimes they've been kept behind closed doors. Sometimes they've gotten out there for people to, uh, to know about. But you know what? Whether it's The Rock, Stone Cold, whoever, Naomi, Sasha Banks, WWE finds a way to move on. And listen, I don't know how great Sasha Banks and Naomi are in WWE because I don't watch wrestling. Obviously, they're champions. And Sasha Banks, she's gained some fame to be on The Mandalorian. But at some point, it just comes down to the fact that WWE will find a way to move on. They have found a way to move on from bigger superstars and they'll do it again with people like Sasha Banks and Naomi. Remember Antonio Brown took off his gear and just left during a Bucks game? Well, how many games has he played since then? Zero. No team even wants AB right now. And I wonder if something similar could happen to Sasha and Naomi 
two uh, champions who left during a broadcast, not in front of the cameras per se, but still, I mean, they were at the arena, they rehearsed everything. Apparently, they were uncomfortable with two of the members of this match, even though they had competed with them before. But they were just uncomfortable with them, according to a statement from WWE. WWE put out a very weird statement where um, they acknowledge that WWE is essentially fake. And listen, I know we're in a completely different time. Uh, 20 years ago, uh, if you, if you ta- 22 years ago, if you talked about the word fake in a in front of Vince McMahon I mean that was Vince would not like that now they're just saying hey we are fake we have scripts and we expect people to follow these scripts but these two people were not comfortable with other members that they were supposed to be competing against in front of a live crowd and listen man I mentioned Bret Hart they ended up bringing Bret Hart back and the whole situation with him they ended up making a storyline out of it decades later. Um, Matt Hardy. This guy had a very insane on uh, relationship uh, with uh, Lita, who fooled around with another superstar. Matt Hardy came back, uh, tried to fight her and her new boyfriend, Edge, Adam Copeland, during a WWE event. That got him his job back. So listen, maybe... They can find a way to let bygones be bygones and and make a story out of this. Who knows? They did it with Bret Hart. By the way, WWE, again, doesn't care. Remember the Owen Hart incident in Kansas City? He was trying to come down uh, with a zip line, and he died uh, during his entrance. Well, they told Jim Ross, the announcer at the time, Hey, Jim, uh, we just got word that Owen Hart died, and you need to inform the audience. By the way, we're going live in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And he just had to announce it after learning it five seconds prior. So WWE doesn't care about anyone's feelings. They want the performers to go out there, perform, do their thing, do what they're told to do, and they make money out of it. Listen, Michael Cole, who's been a longtime announcer for WWE, he obviously... Uh, he's on SmackDown now. He announces alongside Pat McAfee. He was on Pat McAfee's show, and he said something very interesting in his interview. Uh, the, the, because the question was, how have you announced for WWE for a long time? Michael Cole gave a very funny answer, but it's true. He said, look, if you work in McDonald's and you uh, someone orders a Big Mac and you instead make a double quarter pounder with cheese, you're getting fired. Rightfully so. Michael Cole said whatever he's been asked to do, he has done it. And done it the way they've wanted him to do it. So, yeah, WWE has had a lot of crazy... I mean, let's just say they've had some shitty relationships with a lot of their superstars. They have found way to mend fences with 99.9% of them. And at the end of the day, found a way to make a storyline out of it. So this whole thing with Sasha Banks and Naomi, maybe they could, years down the road, mend fences and do a storyline out of it. Maybe they they never will. That's possible. Guess what? WWE will still function just fine without them. And look, I don't know who are the top people in WWE. I know Roman Reigns 
Um, he 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 has both of the titles uh, because I saw WrestleMania. Um, so I know that he beat Brock Lesnar. If Roman Reigns today said, hey, fuck you, WWE. I don't want to be here. I'm leaving. WWE is going to say, no fucking problem. We will take these belts and we will give them to someone else and move forward without you. They can move forward and operate just fine without anyone. The UFC is notorious for being able to. To, I mean, Conor McGregor, all the times he has said that he's retiring, allegedly, when he never really retired, the UFC doesn't have anything to do with it. They're not going to stop him. They're still going to continue to put on pay-per-views and events. So it's not like, you know, you could be the biggest superstar in WWE, and I don't know who that is. I'm, I'm guessing Roman Reigns is that guy. I don't watch wrestling. Or you could be the lowest guy on the totem pole, WWE is going to move forward without you if you don't want to be a part of their product. That's the Vince McMahon style. And listen, I I know Vince, he's got he's he's been criticized for a lot of things over the years. I give credit to him. He has this aggressive business approach, kind of like Dana White where if you want to be here, great. We'll do stuff the way we want it to be done. But if you don't, no problem. We'll still do things the way we want it to be done with people that want to be here. The final thing I'll say on this, obviously WWE is a top spot. You've got hundreds of these small promotions in Kansas and in Ohio and in uh, California and in uh, Brazil, in Japan, in uh, Sweden. I mean, pro wrestling is a, is a worldwide uh, uh, spectacle. Okay. So there are a bunch of people who are going to be knocking on WWE's door and they can find ways to replace Naomi and Sasha Banks. They'll bring up two other champion, two other people to be champions. They'll essentially promote them. And then they'll find two other people from another promotion and say, Hey, we just lost two people. You want to come over? We'll hire you. Here's a contract. Here's how much you're going to make. End of story. All right, there are several other stories I want to touch on. Um, I'll just do some quick hits here because I don't have too much to say about some of these stories. Drew Brees is not returning to NBC, and he it was apparently a mutual decision. He put out a very uh, big tweet explaining his future. He said he could do broadcasting elsewhere. He could return to football. He could do a pickleball tour. He could spend time with his family. He mentioned all kinds of possibilities. Um, listen, last I checked, I believe Drew Brees' last game, he threw three picks. Drew Brees has not been very good in the playoffs. I just don't know. I mean, you would have to be extremely desperate to want Drew Brees on your football team. Because I'll tell you what, I don't know if I, I obviously my team is not in desperate. But let's just say Mahomes suffers an injury and OTAs, God forbid. I still don't know. If I would want Drew Brees, I would be open to it if Mahomes goes down with a season-ending injury during the offseason practices. But, man, at this point, it's like you've been away from football for some time. And even then, you were just really, really, really bad uh, when you played. So let's let's stay away from that. Speaking of quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson, he's meeting with the NFL this week to talk about his immediate future and whether or not he will face a suspension. Um, look, listen, I've touched on the subject before. I'm not going to get into it. I will say this, 
A small part of me would be very curious to know in the event of a suspension for Watson, whether it's one game or 17 games, what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield? I mean, that that whole door opens up unexpectedly, uh, you could say. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. I, I don't know if... Um, if anyone would not be curious what happens there. I know uh, Baker Mayfield hasn't necessarily been the best, um, but seeing him start another game for the Cleveland Browns would be very interesting after everything that has happened this offseason, for sure. Look, if Watson is suspended, and if you're Baker Mayfield, this is your fucking audition. Go out there, play your heart out, have have the game or games of your life And prove to other teams, hey, I'm available because I'm not the future. Deshaun Watson is. And if you really need a quarterback, I could be your guy. So there's an opportunity for Baker Mayfield for sure. I mean, listen, Baker Mayfield will find a home elsewhere once once his contract expires with Houston. But right now, if Watson faces a suspension, dude, that is your ticket to proving your value, proving your worth. So, if you're a Baker Mayfield stan, I suppose you'll uh, root for a suspension for Deshaun Watson. Hey, here's some interesting news. Uh, Pat McAfee could be part of the Thursday night football broadcast on Amazon Prime. Uh, We talked about this last episode about uh, streaming services. Obviously, we know starting week two, Thursday night games are all going to be broadcast on Prime. Obviously, the first one's going to be in Kansas City at GEHA Field. Kansas City versus L.A., L.A. Chargers, that is. Very excited for that. And uh, Chris Collinsworth, I guess he accidentally leaked in an interview, or I don't know what it was, that McAfee could be getting a big contract to do Thursday Night Games. Now, I don't know if he would actually be like at the games announcing or being an analyst like at halftime and before and after games, or if he could do something from home. Man, I'll tell you what, if McAfee is going to be a part of Thursday Night Football broadcast, dude, that guy is going to have one hell of a schedule. He's obviously doing his radio show five times a week. Then on Thursdays, he'd be doing Thursday Night Football. And on Fridays, he would be going to do Friday Night Smackdown for WWE. Man, talk about working for the weekend. This guy definitely will be earning his beers during the weekend for sure. Uh, Listen, Pat McAfee on an NFL broadcast Listen, I don't watch games before and after. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't watch the before and after pregame shows. I'm a, I'm either running errands at home on a Sunday or I'm at the park, walking the park, or I'm picking up food for the game. Dude, if Pat McAfee was part of the pregame, I, I'm tuning in. I mean, you have to. And you know what? I have to uh, plead guilty uh, to hypocrisy right now because last episode I talked about how no one tunes into a game because of an announcer in, in response to Tom Brady getting this massive contract um, to do games for Fox when and if he retires. But I'll tell you what right now, if Pat McAfee is announcing Thursday Night Football games as a color commentator, dude, have my money, Amazon Prime. That is worth the subscription for Prime. Um, And listen, I'm not a wrestling fan. I'm obviously touching on the Sasha Banks and Naomi story earlier. 
uh, I have listened to Pat McAfee's commentary a few times. Dude, if I was a wrestling fan, I would enjoy the hell of it. I, I'd be, I, I just, I'm just not a fan of wrestling today. But man, I would love it if McAfee did an NFL broadcast once a week. I mean that. Ha- I mean that. And if it's on prime time, obviously you, you, know, you know there aren't other alternate announcers. So the whole thing with Fox and CBS, it's like okay, there are hundreds of games on. You obviously want to see the the teams. You don't care about the announcers. This would be a prime time game. So it's not like there are other options for announcers. This is the only game on for that week. Um, so 100 percent. This would be a huge selling point uh, to want to watch Thursday Night Football on Prime. Uh, I did want to talk about the NFL fake schedule leaks. So I guess someone with a lot of time on their hands created a Twitter account, called it NFL Schedule Leak. This happens every year. Someone does this and they just put out, you know, Packers versus Vikings, Monday Night Football, Week 12. I mean, and the amount of people who buy into this bullshit. There was a Fox 4 reporter. For those who don't live in Kansas City, Fox 4 is the um, local uh, Fox affiliate in Kansas City. A Fox 4 reporter ran with the quote, uh, what he called it, report that the Chiefs are going to visit the Houston Texans for week one, which came from this fake schedule leak account. There are a bunch of dumbass journalists who bought into these fake schedule leaks, which is really, really embarrassing. You know, if you are in media, you know every year there's always a fake schedule leak. How in the hell do you believe this? How do you buy this? How stupid are you? You know this happens every year, but you bought it anyway. The person who ran this account eventually, uh, once a real schedule came out, they admitted... Yeah, they did it to trick a bunch of people, and it worked. And then the guy was starting to comment. He wrote things like, no wonder people thought the election was rigged. Because people were believing his um, schedule leaks, and the guy had a lot of fun with it. He ended up, he the guy got more than 10,000 followers. Um, I don't know what he's at now. I heard he lost lots of followers. Obviously, because this is not a real schedule leak. <laughs> but... Dude, this is, and by the way, how the hell on Twitter do you let this guy's account be up and available? I mean, this guy's spreading fake news, obviously. Uh, and the real media was spreading the fake news on top of that. Imagine that. Um, yeah. This guy has a lot of time on his hands. But, hey, he tricked a lot of people, including journalists, so good on him. Bellator had an interim uh, welterweight title match last Friday. Between Michael Venom Page and Logan Stoneley, or Stor- uh, Storley, excuse me. Storley won by split decision, which was a shock because Storley was the clear winner here. A lot of people were critical of this because they thought Michael Venom Page was a better fighter. MVP, aka Michael Venom Page, he, um, he's only lost one fight. Out of, what, 23 or 24 fights in his career prior to Friday night. So he obviously has a big fan base. Now, in this fight, there was a lot of Logan uh, trying to... Basically was on top of MVP uh, in a wrestling position and was not letting MVP go anywhere. So Storley was basically 
dominating MVP uh, by using his wrestling, which, you know, when you're on someone's back for a majority of the fight, it's not an entertaining fight, but that is the more active fighter. By rule, he's the more active fighter, and therefore, if the fight goes to a decision, he deserves to win the fight. He deserves to win the fight, clear and simple. I had no problems with the uh, w- with the uh, decision there. I, uh, if anything, I, I thought it was stupid that it was a split decision. By the way, if you haven't seen the fight, do not see the fight. Trust me, you have better things to do with your life than to watch this fight. It's a little bit like the, the Rose Namajunas fight from a couple of weeks ago where she just had this really bad game plan and hardly was active in the fight. Um, but her opponent who was not active either, she was still, Carla Esparza was more active and therefore she won the fight and was crowned the new strawweight queen of the division. So you got to roll with the punches. Uh, you gotta be, you gotta be active in these MMA fights. You got, you've got to be more active than your opponent. If you're going to try to win by a decision. Uh, this story got a lot of, um, uh, this made the rounds on social media. Let's just put it that way. A restaurant, uh, a racist, uh, restaurant owner or owners, I should say they, they were a couple, uh, they, uh, hopped in the back of a lift cab or back of a lift. I, 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 not a lift cab. You get the idea. I've never been on an Uber or a lift before, but nonetheless, a Lyft driver showed up to the location, picked up the driver. Her name was Jackie. And this uh, Jackie lady here, the first thing she says is, oh, you're a white person who speaks English. And the driver was confused by this comment. And he did not appreciate that racist comment. And he said, hey, look, you can just get out of the car. The boyfriend or husband, I don't know who he is, he was about to hop in. He goes, really? Are you serious? He uh, uses the, uh, he uses a racial slur, uses the N-word, and uh, says, hey, you love these people, basically. I'm not going to say the whole con- the whole thing, but you get the idea. If you, if you watch the video, you already know. Or if you read the quotes online. This Lyft driver uh, then received physical threats from the man Everything is on the dash cam, which, by the way, props to this guy. You've got to, in this day and age, you got to have your security camera. I've got a dash cam. I've got security cameras at work and at home and inside my home in certain places, front door, backyard door, wherever. You never know. You got to be covered from all angles. I've got that covered. So should everyone else in this world. Um, dash cams, get the right one. Do research on this. Van True, that's my suggestion. Anyway. Um, this Lyft driver had everything on camera and good on him. He, I mean, there were racist comments made, physical threats made. Uh, these restaurant owners are receiving hundreds of negative reviews for their restaurant. Rightfully so you deserve that. Uh, and this Lyft driver who's been, who's actually been struggling for work. Uh, this guy ends up getting a lot of love from the world. He's got, he's got a lot of big following and people are Venmoing him money now. So listen, man, uh, do good in the world and good things will happen to you. Uh, I'm happy for this guy. I've got a strong stance against racism, uh, that kind of behavior. So, and listen, I know good behavior doesn't get rewarded at times. And this day and age with so much negativity in our world, I'm not against it. 
yeah, sure, he did the right thing, but you know what? I'm not against uh, someone doing the right thing and, uh, and being rewarded for it here. Good on him. Good on him. Uh, two more stories I want to cover here. Uh, real quickly, this shooting that happened in Buffalo. I do have something I've got to get off my chest, and I'm not going to get political. I'm not going to have a gun debate here. That's not happening on this podcast. Uh, I'm just going to talk about this for 60 seconds or less. Here's what I'm going to say. We obviously have a problem in our country. Here's the part that's, here's the worst part about it. When these incidents happen, we just want to play the blame game. We have the media blaming video games. My brother and I have played all of Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto and we don't do this. We don't, we're not inspired to go shoot, create a mass shooting. Lots of people play shooting games and don't do this. So stop with the laziness on blaming video games. But every time a mass shooting happens, rather than actually trying to address the issue and trying to find solutions, everyone just wants to fight each other on social media. Politicians just want to debate on guns. The NRA is just proud of guns more so during these situations, which is just insane to me. People really need to start figuring out solutions. I don't care what your stance is on politics, on guns, have whatever opinion you want. We can still find a way to find a solution on these kinds of things. But for whatever reason, our leaders and people as a whole don't want to fucking do it. And unfortunately, that is why these incidents continue. We had another one in L.A. recently. Look, man, I'm just one person. I don't have the answers. Uh, But if our leaders use their minds and put politics aside and stop killing one another verbally and stop debating each other nonstop, well, maybe we can start finding solutions to these things. But no, no one wants to find these solutions. Listen, it's not a, the president's not to blame for this. This has happened under Obama, under Trump, under Biden, different uh, political parties here. Um, But no one seems to uh, understand the um, the solution or or how to find a solution even. I mean, we got to get to that step first. All right, last story. Let's end on a on a bit of a lighter story here. Uh, this is a bit crazy. A two-year-old ordered 31 burgers from McDonald's using their mom's iPhone, went on the DoorDash app, and ordered 31 burgers from McDonald's. A two-year-old got on the iPhone, and two-year-olds these days, they know how the hell to use an iPhone. Two-year-olds are smart, man. Kids are smart. Listen, kids know. Look, I'm not going to pretend like I didn't know, okay? In middle school, I knew and so did all the other kids in school. Everyone knows of the naughty websites where you can see some uh, nakey-nakey hot chicks on the internet, okay? There are free websites you can find these videos on. And there's also a way to hide your history, delete the history once you're done. Kids know how to do these things. I did not know that a two-year-old had the capability of ordering 31 burgers from McDonald's using DoorDash. But you know what? They did. And what do you know? We got this in our society to worry about now. Two-year-olds ordering burgers from McDonald's. 31 burgers from McDonald's. 
listen, I get it. Uh, I mean, you want to calm your kid down, give them the phone, give them the tablet so they can watch cartoons, play games because it calms them down. Listen, my parents, I mean, when my brother and I were kids, they didn't have tablets or iPhones. So when I was a baby, I'm sure I was a pain in the ass to deal with. And so was my brother. But nowadays, um, it's easy to entertain the kids, keep them calm. But evidently, they also know how to navigate around these uh, smart devices. So props to the kids. They know what to do. Appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of FarceCast. I'm going to enjoy my birthday weekend. Enjoy some burgers, some pizza, some cake. Some drinks. Uh, this is my favorite time of uh, year, by the way, because it's my birthday. Then the following week is Memorial Day weekend. Definitely going to be taking a long weekend off work and enjoying a nice Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we'll do one more podcast next week after that, after the uh, Memorial Day weekend. I'll probably take a bit of a break from the podcast. Still, I'll be on social media. Facebook.com slash Farzivasugian at Farzine21 on Twitter. You guys know the deal. Follow me on there and interact with me on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to use the promo code FARZINE20 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. All right, I'm Farzine Vesugian. Big thanks once again for downloading and listening to this episode of FarzCast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you share the links, spread the word about FarzCast. Until then, enjoy my birthday. Have some burgers and beer and pizza, all the good stuff. I will talk to you guys next week. Take care.